It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the finfanatic.com web- website and the fan sided network. The Dolphins officially have a winning season, defeating the Patriots here 33 to 24 today. And, uh, you know, when I look at the game, Paul, a lot of people I think heading into this thought this was not an important game for the Dolphins to win because they were out of playoff contention. You've got, you know, 10 teams in the AFC who were either in the playoffs or vying for a playoff spot here today, but not the Dolphins. But I still think this was an important game for the Dolphins to win because if they had been wiped off the field 27 to 10 like I predicted, then uh I, I think it would have been a had a really bad taste in everybody's mouth heading into the offseason. But they they came out with the win here today. No, absolutely. This was a great game. I mean, I know you and I both predicted New England was probably gonna pull it off here. Um and God, it was like God jumping out to a fourteen nothing lead in the first quarter. Holy cow, that was fun. Seeing, you know, Xavier Howard jump that route to, to really just put a little stamp on uh, Mac Jones's forehead for the season heading in. I mean, listening to the Patriots pre- post-game press conferences, they're reeling a little bit heading into next week. Miami's taken the last three. The Patriots are an even 500 against the AFC East this season and might have to go back up against Buffalo here this coming week. I mean, holy crap, there's so much to just unpack with this great, great win. This is a way to go out. Last play of the game, a Sam McGuavin touchdown. Let's go. So, yeah, I mean, so now the Dolphins have won four of their last five against the Patriots, and they've won their last three games against them. Uh, And if this had been a Patriots victory, we would be having a completely different discussion heading into the offseason, but we're not. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's plenty of bad to go with this too. I mean, I, I don't think Tua had a very good game, but I, I'll tell you this right now, heading into next season. And I, I touched on this in our, our, uh, preview of this game, Duke Johnson stays, you better get Duke Johnson back. He better either be your, your running back number two or, your incumbent number one at the running back position heading into the year or heading into the 2022 season, 25 carries for 117 yards. And I, if, and I tweeted this during the game that if you put me in a coma for six years and woke me up and showed me the last four games of the dolphins with Duke Johnson at running back, I would be thinking that uh, this is a really quality NFL running back. You'd probably wake up and be like, wow, he and Adrian Peterson might be the best two running backs in the league this year, right? Is that where we're at? <laughs> I would love to see AP in a Dolphins uniform just for one game and then cut him. Kind of oh. like Chris Chris Carter like 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. – Chris Carter was very – sadly, it's he only had one memorable game, but I think he was in a Dolphins uniform for about a season and a half, wasn't he? 
Anyway, no, no, he, he he was only in there for three three games. But anyway, go. Yeah, like it's there's a lot to like, and there's you know we'll talk about some of the shortcomings of this team in depth in the next few weeks because there are some blatant holes. Duke Johnson's one I want back. I want Miami to get a running back in this upcoming draft. I may not pick the same one as y'all, but one thing I will say, my track record overall with running backs has been pretty damn good. Uh, This is the offseason to add offensive tackles. We saw Robert Jones play some offensive tackle today. Did okay for his first real action at the position. It was definitely no worse than Jesse Davis. Uh, And yeah, there's a lot to like, and this is a team that if they can keep the defense together and improve the offense, we'll be in good shape. And if the coaching can get a little bit more consistent and not outsmart themselves like we've seen a few times this year, much to a point of pain. And it should be noted, too, Jalen Waddell, um, even though he didn't have a huge game, five catches for 27 yards and a touchdown, but a really important touchdown in the first drive of the game um, sets the all-time rookie record in the history of NFL football for most catches in the season for a rookie with 104. And that, you know, for, for a player that you draft number six overall, you expect him to be a star, and he's – He's had a lot of separation, and obviously we see star qualities in him. But kudos to Jalen Waddle on that. Uh, it wasn't much of a factor as the game went on, but was a definite factor in the first drive. And that first drive, when the Dolphins went up seven to nothing, made a difference. And then Xavier Howard, you know, the next drive makes it 14 to nothing. Then the Dolphins go up 17 nothing. Dolphins are up 17 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And they leaned on the Patriots. The Patriots made an impressive comeback here. But the Dolphins ended up coming away with the victory. Yeah, and it's absolutely hilarious. Lisa Johnson, who we've had on the show, good friend of our both of ours, was was tweeting out she got stuck watching the game from home and couldn't believe how homeristic the CBS coverage was. Dolphins were up 17-0, and CBS was sitting there talking about how the Patriots had the Dolphins right where they want them. Uh, you know, this is this is the script for what Bill Belichick really wanted to see from the Patriots this week, seeing how they could come from behind and blah, blah, blah. Uh, after the fact, you know, WEI talking about how the, the Pats had nothing to play for in this one. No, they still did until the Bills game finished well after. And then the funniest part to me was at various points during the game, CBS's announcing crew talked about how, uh, let's see, uh, Dan Andrews was the heart and soul of the and, and brains behind the Patriots offensive line, uh, referred to Tua as Tunga, and made a very big point of talking about Christian Williams and his play along the Dolphins' defensive line repeatedly while he was on screen with his name on the screen. <laughs> yeah, I I don't take the media seriously anyway, so Oh, it's hilarious to me. Whatever. <laughs> um so the another piece piece of big news too, Robert Jones starts at right tackle. 
over Jesse Davis. And Jesse Davis has uh, has had a knee problem for the last couple of weeks, but still could have started this game. Jesse and they started Robert Jones. Jesse Davis had a football problem the past 17 weeks. Yeah, well, he said that for the last couple of years, a right tackle. Well, he was okay um, at right guard before this, before this season. But how many times did you hear the name Robert Jones today? Not many, and that's a good thing for a right tackle. And I, I rewatched the game, and he looked like a young pup at right tackle pushing and shoving his way on run blocks. And there was nobody was running around him at, at that spot. I mean, I, I didn't even think that Robert Jones was um, was somebody that was considered at the right, at the offensive tackle position. But I'm with you. But he was. I mean, it, I, I was shocked to, to, to hear that he was starting and he did. And I rewatched the game and I thought offhand he did did a really good job. He did. I mean, it's he, he let Judon beat him a little bit on that roughing the passer penalty. But over and there were a couple of times where it looked like he kind of went to a double team when he probably should have blocked somebody else. But overall, for his first action, where I don't think he's seen any action, I haven't even heard about him lining up there in practice. He did really well. He really did. There was something there. It does not preclude me from signing possibly two offensive tackles in free agency this year. But it was interesting. It was def- I, mean, he, I, I did like him there. Hey, Dolphins fans. The Players' Tribune has launched its first ever mental health podcast called Blindsided. Hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. This show will share the moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and mental health became the most important focus in their lives. It allows listeners to have an understanding of the different types of mental health challenges that people face. Some of the guests this season include Kevin Love, Paul Bissonette, and Kurt Warner. We encourage all of you to go out, go to the Players' Tribune, and check out the podcast, Blindsided. And that's why signing two offensive tackles and free agency is so important because it allows you to push your resources inside. I mean, even it's good to know that Robert Jones can play right tackle if called upon, but is a better fit at right guard. You know, same thing with Liam Eikenberg, same thing with Austin Jackson. And uh, um, another player today involved in this game, was a Trent Brown at right tackle for the Patriots. If you watch him and rewatch that game, Trent Brown is outstanding at right tackle for the New England Patriots. And he, for the Raiders, made the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago, too. He is going to be a free agent this offseason, and I want the Dolphins to try to pay top dollar for him and to try to pay top dollar for te- for uh, Teron Armstead, for Teron Armstead as well. Um and if not, try to trade, I, I would think, a first or a second round pick for Taylor Decker. They, but the bottom line is they've got to get the offensive tackle position figured out moving forward, especially if two is going to be the quarterback. They do. And the hilarious thing, and, and you and I have talked about this a little bit, is getting the offensive tackle position to a point where it's just okay would be a massive improvement and might be enough. And that's where I I love Teron Armstead. But 
I think he's going to be north of $20 million, and even with the Dolphins' cap space, that's a little rough for me. Um, I like Trent Brown if he makes it to the market. I like Orlando Brown if he, uh, Cam Robinson would be fine by me, especially with his youth and, and, and ability to improve. And if Miami can upgrade their offensive line coach this offseason, that would be phenomenal as far as that goes because really I don't feel like the offensive line coach coaching staff has developed some of these younger players. I think Robert Hunt's the exception to the rule that has exceeded coaching as far as that goes. Yeah, I agree there. And uh, a left tackle, Teron Armstead, every year has gotten hurt. And that's part of the problem. But I will always take the good to great player who just needs to stay healthy as opposed to an average player at at left tackle or any other spot on the roster who who is durable. And so we'll see. I, I, I think it's important that the Dolphins solve both offensive tackle positions heading into the draft. It allows them to go best player available because I'm not quite sure if running back is a major, major need right now with what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. I mean, look, I want the Dolphins to draft a running back, but is it a, I mean, and I, I pose this question too, uh, but you know, in, in, in our lead up to the game, what happens if Duke Johnson goes 20 carries the ball 20 times for a hundred yards. And then we're looking at the last four games of Duke Johnson saying the guy had like a hundred yards rushing per game. And that's where we are right now. Yeah, for me, I like Duke Johnson. I want him back. I think he could definitely be part of a platoon at the running back position. I would flirt with the idea of returning Gaskin. But at this point, after watching just Philip Lindsay and Duke Johnson, Gaskin is, is just, well, he's a better version of Patrick Laird at this point where he's a decent receiver out of the backfield that might make something happen there but he's just too slow to decide up the middle and and it ruins it ruins things on offense having Gaskin be the down in down out back and having him be part of that overall platoon and that's where I want Duke Johnson and I want a rookie to compliment him. Uh, it, it's you look around the NFL, starting running backs get hurt all the time, and so even if Duke is the guy with the, with a developing rookie behind him, just like Damian um, Harris up there for for the Patriots and Ramondre Stevenson, Damian goes down, Ramondre steps in as he's developing, doesn't skip a beat, and and turns into pretty much the back we talked about. You look at Elijah Mitchell I talked about last year came in for the 49ers when when they had guys get hurt and did a better job than we saw from Gaskin from what started out as a third string role. And so it's it's Duke is nice to have. I want Duke back. I'd take Lindsey back. Gaskin in a third down role that we been giving to Patrick Laird before he got hurt again. And I want a rookie to compliment it. Period. Yeah, and I would hope that that rookie uh, is the starting running back Duke Johnson is is your running back two and uh, Miles Gaskin is your running back three. I mean, it, I I've always said that in this type 
you know, when you look at Miles Gaskin and what he brings to the passing game, he's your James White in this offense. Yeah. You know, if, if he's your bell cow, you've got a problem. And t- today, and really over the last couple of weeks, it, it's shown that they were able to pull Duke Johnson and Philip Lindsay off of the street and upgrade the running back spot. So, but also I think they found a gem in Duke Johnson too. With a, to me, what I take a look at him is even though he has not been uber productive over the last six or seven years, I mean, he was a third round pick from the University of Miami in, in, in 2015, even though he hasn't been, you know, just the superstar, I think that, you know, being born in Miami, going to high school in Miami, going to college at the University of Miami, I think he wants to be a Miami Dolphin. Dude, he made himself a running back in Madden every single year since he was in elementary school on the Dolphins every single year. It's it's <laughs> like, how much more do you, you show that you want to be there? You literally put yourself in there on Madden your entire life. I mean, if, if you or I had the physical capabilities, wouldn't we want to be a Miami Dolphin and running back instead of a different position? I mean, or a different team? Yeah. Yes. Yes. All day, every day. And Miami I think Dolphins that's where Duke Johnson is, you know? <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Dolphins getting Duke Johnson back on the team, but also... And I, I know you agree with me on this. Um, getting a younger back here in the NFL draft too. Um, at quarterback, that's the major story. Wait, before before we dive into quarterback, can we talk about one other thing? Because I know quarterback's going to be an all-encompassing conversation here based on some of the stuff this week, based on Tua, based on this and that. Can we dive into one yep. other thing real quick? Yeah. It is criminal. The way and, and and today made me realize I don't know if the Dolphins bring Mike Gesicki back. Unless I, I, I think they're gonna try to franchise and trade him, but it is criminal the way they have underutilized Mike Gesicki this season. A hundred like he, he's just been there in case of emergency break glass. Third down you have to, you throw his way. You know, you're coming from behind, you throw his way. But like outside of that He's been running wide open at times. You feature a guy like Durham Smythe repeatedly, and Mike Gesicki outperforms him in everything other than blocking, and his blocking actually improved a lot this year. It is unheard of to have a weapon like that to be hurting in your receiving core like the Dolphins are and and just basically telling a guy like Mike Gesicki, yeah, we still don't want you. Yeah, I mean, and you have to wonder if the Dolphins want to franchise him as a tight end, which would be about 11 million a year. Or, you know, if, if, if there's no way they're going to franchise him, if he's viewed as a slot receiver, which would be about 18 million a year there, that's not going to happen. Um, and yeah, I, I just get the feeling that he's not going to be back with the team next year. Or, or if he is, it's, it's on the franchise tender and just nobody wants to trade for him. And, and I think they do franchise him as a tight end. And he can make any argument he wants, but at the end of the day, that's the position that he's playing right now. And it's 
frustrating as all hell. And, you know, I feel like if the Dolphins had gotten Brian Flores, Dallas Goddard, he'd be a lot more willing to feature him the way that he's trying to do with Durham Smythe right now. Yeah, and it's not even Durham Smythe to me because I think Smythe has some value based on what I saw today and what I've seen this year. Uh, But what's the justification for having Albert Wilson on the field for 25 to 30 snaps a game? They seem more interested in going to Isaiah Ford this year. Yeah, Isaiah Ford, as much as we joke about Isaiah Ford and Matt Collins, I mean, you – you can't have Mike Kosicki out there dictating matchups. That's embarrassing. And even at the end of the of the season here, Kosicki has what seventy plus catches for seven hundred and fifty yards. I mean seventy three for hundred for seven hundred and eighty. And a fun fact in that is <laughs> receiving wise, here are some players that have more touchdowns for the Dolphins than Gasicki this year. Miles Gaskin and Mac Hollins. Mike Gasicki has exactly as many touchdowns as Isaiah Ford. Like <sighs> Christian yeah, Wilkins I, has one less receiving touchdown than Mike Gasicki. And, and I'll also say too, Gasicki, as far as contested catches, has not done as well as I would have expected him to over the last two months. That, but I still think he's a star. As far as what he brings, the ball's coming his way the last two months. Yeah, it it seems like he's completely out of the game plan in the first quarter. I mean, yeah. Or there's a two minute stretch during the game where they're suddenly like, "Let's feature this guy," and and when they've done that, he's done well. Like I I I forget which game it was. In the final, like they got into a um, the two minute offense at the end of a first half. And they hit Kasicki like four times, and he had like 65 yards on that drive. And then they hit him once for like three yards the rest of the game. All right, so just just throw the ball to Waddle and Kasicki and hand the ball off. Like, that's it. That's it. The, the, the other players barely need to be on the field. I keep Obamante involved a little, but yeah. Like, guys that shouldn't yeah. be on the roster, period. It, Albert Wilson, Preston Williams. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I like Mac Hollins, but Isaiah Ford should be that practice squad call-up guy, not the normal guy. Uh, Isaiah Ford and Mac Hollins should not be seeing the field more than 10 snaps a game. Mm-hmm. Mac Hollins is a great special teamer. He's somebody that you can pull off your bench and throw the ball downfield to. That's it. Like he should he should not be involved in the regular offense, and he and Tua are, are clearly not on the same page. As we saw today, when uh when Tua threw the ball short, when Mac Collins was going deep, um, but so let's talk about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, and if you if you see me looking off to the side a lot, to the left, it's because the Raiders are beating the Chargers. Um. By seven right now, with five seconds left to go, and I just so and if if the Chargers lose this game, Justin Herbert is out of the playoffs. <laughs> Herbert drops back, throws touchdown. Justin Herbert. 
All right, so let's uh, let's talk about Tua. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamite lead in, cat. <sighs> oh man, I so badly wanted to see him not not be in. Um, we'll see. Um, but as far as Tua is concerned, in this game, great first drive. I mean. Seven for seven for 54 yards, touchdown. The rest of the game, there, you know, there was rain again, but starts the game seven for seven, 54 yards in the touchdown, finishes the game after that, eight for 15 for 55 yards, two dropped interceptions. Not good enough. I mean, I, but but I will, will also say too that he had two runs in this game, where he the offensive line was blasted right in the mouth up front, and he pulled the ball down and ran for a first down, had an out of the structure play, first down run. So he gets some credit for that. But <sighs> I I really wanted to see after that first drive for Tua to go up against the New England Patri- Patriots defense and have a great game. A 23 for 30, 300-yard, three-touchdown game, and for the Dolphins to blow them out. That didn't happen here. Um, so at the quarterback position, I'm going to go with a C. I'm going to go with a C as well, and I'm not done with Tua yet. But what I will tell you as well, just as a sneak preview for some of our offseason stuff, I've also been drafting a quarterback roughly in the third round uh, in a lot of these mock drafts, depending on who slid so that I'm doing already. So it's I want to get a young, high upside, could push to a guy into this offense in case Tua does fall off uh, and not make it up. I mean, we've got to remember he's, what, 18 games into his career at this point? And that's where if somebody blocked A.J. Epineza, Tua, Tua has us in the playoffs right now with suspect wide receiving core, suspect offensive line play, and no running game until about three weeks ago. So... I, th- I, I think that's quite possible. Um, yeah. And my question is to you, what is Tua going to get better at? And I, I, I'm not quite sure I, ha- I, I have the answer to that. And that's fair, but I also think having a better cast of wide receivers is going to help him with those wildly errant couple of throws we see a game. We saw them today. Uh, we've seen them at times. And those end up feeling like plays where there's a miscommunication a lot of the times. And on top of that, if we're able to sign those two offensive tackles and he's not running for his life at all times, we may see that efficient quarterback make less mistakes. We may see more of that efficient quarterback in those moments. So that's something I'd like to see. And there have been enough games this year that Tua managed to avoid the mistakes and play efficiently that 
I'd like to see what he can do, especially if we can get a, a better offensive coordinator that, in here. That it seems like there might be a lot of possibilities there this offseason. Uh, I'll say this: uh, if Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson are completely out of the picture, I'm sticking with Tua and putting all the resources necessary to investing in the offensive line and the running back position and wide receiver. That's the only thing that makes sense because, you know, we, we've heard the just laughable Kirk Cousins rumors this week. And I, I will continue to remind people that uh, if you, if you get past those top three guys, Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson, those are the type of guys you're dealing with. Middle of the pack quarterbacks, which is what we're criticizing Tua for being right now. So you're gonna you you're gonna trade draft picks and spend thirty thirty five million dollars on a Kirk Cousins. Give me a break. And I also think that the Dolphins are not going to draft a quarterback in the first round. But if someone falls to the second or third round and these quarterbacks are volatile in the draft process, as we know, then that could be a different conversation. So that's that's something for down the line. Uh, anything else you want to you want to say about Tua before we move on to the running back spot? Yeah, if uh, if if, <laughs> if the Dolphins do trade for Kirk Cousins, since you brought it up. Then I will flip my vote and say Greer needs to go, but people need to get off Chris Greer. It, it, it's really not him. He's put together a roster that, even though there's some deficiencies, you know, was an AJ Epineza block or a, a hey, let's run the cover zero defense that works so well for us with this exact same personnel uh, a little bit earlier in the season or a hey, let's account for rain away from already being in the playoffs going into this week. So I'm not on Greer. I'm a little more on the coaching side, uh, a little suspect. But anyway, that's where I would flip it if he traded for Kirk Cousins. Running back, Miles Gaskin, one carry for negative one yards. Philip Lindsay and Duke Johnson, 36 carries for 157 yards and a touchdown and clearly controlled this game, your grade on the running back spot? I'm going with an A-minus here today. And most of that belongs to Mr. Duke Johnson, who averaged 4.6 yards per carry on the season and averaged 4.7 yards per carry against a pretty stout Patriots defense today. So A-minus for the running back position. It feels good to say that. Welcome home, Duke. Yeah, I, I think it's our biggest grade here in the last three or four years of doing this show. I mean, I, I'm going to match you on the A minus. I mean, Duke Johnson ran aggressively inside when he had to. He bounced it outside when he wanted to. I mean, I, 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 I look at what Duke Johnson's done over the last five or six years and think, you know, I, I shouldn't be that excited about this guy, but I am. And I, I, I start getting to the point where I, th- where I think, yes, you should draft a running back in the first or second round. But if, if, he's, if he's the guy, if, if running back is the position that you avoid uh, throwing resources to, then 
I might be okay with that. Wide receiver and tight end, Paul. Um, Jalen Waddell sets the league record for most catches by a rookie in the season. But I will ding him on one thing. He dropped an 85-yard touchdown at the, at the end of the first half. And he did the same thing. I'm not sure if it was against the Giants or, or, or against the Panthers, but I don't know if it's a going over the middle thing, but if he catches that, I mean, he is the star of the game. He is the talk of the week. And the Dolphins are blowing out the New England Patriots 24-7. to 7. Shame. <laughs> Well, that and I really wish his record-setting catch wasn't a force feed uh, on, what was it, second and two? And he ran a one-yard screen and didn't get the first down, went out of bounds. <laughs> like, come on. Come on. Um, and one thing, you know, we've got to factor that in. We've got to factor in, and again, this this goes back to two a little bit, that 85-yard touchdown would have sure changed the narrative on him today. And on top of that, there was another one that Mac Hollins did a great job of putting himself in position, even though he didn't, ca- he was in well, a good position to catch up what would have been a touchdown pass, and instead he got a pass interference. But he put his body and screened well to basically give the Dolphins the ball at the one yard line. And that's something that doesn't show up in the receiving stat sheet or the passing stat sheet. But yeah, wasn't enough from the wide receiver position today. And it wasn't a position that was asked of a lot in in a game that they were up fourteen to nothing, like four minutes into the game, and really held that lead up until the very end. So I'm going to go with a C plus based on things like the 85 yard touchdown drop and the fact that it's it's almost an incomplete today. And I didn't like the force feeding. I didn't like the underutilization of Mike Kosicki. Yeah, I'm going to go with a. With a C minus on that, um, you know, I you bring up a good point there with uh, Matt Collins, which was one of the biggest plays of the game. There, with four minutes left in the third quarter, the Dolphins were only up a touchdown, and he drew a twenty-five yard pass interference penalty, and then Duke Johnson walks into the end zone the next play. I mean, that's as good as a touchdown, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. So he gets credit for that. Durham Smythe, I thought, had a great game. I mean, he, he even though, I mean, he led the Dolphins wide receivers and tight ends with two catches for 32 yards, which sounds pretty pathetic. But this was also a rainy game, too. And we have to apply the same standards as last week when the Dolphins played the Titans. Um, and, and I thought he also had a really good game blocking, too. Isaiah Ford... And Albert Wilson should not see the field next year. I know it's a cute story, but they should not see the field next year, period. Um, Offensive line, Robert Jones starts a right tackle, and we see immediate improved right tackle play over Jesse Davis. Um, I think Michael Dieter at center is is a keeper moving forward. Even though he doesn't get great push, great power, He's still a solid player. Robert Hunt, another great game at the right guard spot. Liam Eikenberg, you didn't hear his name that often here in this game. So the offensive line, when you consider 
what the running backs did on the ground. And you consider that uh, Tua only had one sack against him. Very good game from the offensive line, I'd say. I'm going to go with a B-. minus. I'm going to go with a B here. They opened up some really good holes for Duke Johnson. Uh, again, Jesse Davis wasn't out there destroying the game for us. And it, it's... I've still only got two locks for starters for next year, as far as I'm concerned, even though you could upgrade one of them, and that's Robert Hunt definitely needs to be starting next year. Michael Dieter should be starting and build around that with with what else you have. Uh, Like I've I've said for weeks now, the offensive tackle class is probably the best position group in free agency, and Miami's got $76 or so going into free agency. So that is where Miami needs to improve. But for what we had today and what we threw out on the field, I'll take it. And a B is, is is definitely solid for me. On the defensive side of the ball, the Dolphins didn't allow a lot of uh, yards or much of anything until the fourth quarter. In fact, till the end of the fourth quarter. But overall for the game, 28 carries for 134 yards and two touchdowns. From the Patriots started or from the Patriots running backs, Brandon Bolden, Ramondre Stevenson, and Damian Harris. Mac Jones finishes 20 for 30, 261 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the uh, defensive line, I, I, I keep saying that Emmanuel Akba has been silent for a long time now. For somebody that we're talking about 13 or $14 million a year that we're going to give a contract to, he had a batted down pass today on Mac Jones, a very important one. But, I mean, defensive line, I like a lot. Christian Wilkins had a great game. Zach Sealer, again, is all over the place. Raekwon Davis is a complete stone in the middle of that defensive line. But I, 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 get, I keep bringing it back to Emmanuel Ogben, thinking you should be a star player at this point. So I'm not sure where to go with that. So I'm going to throw it to you for the defensive line first. This is a defensive line that overall today, from top to bottom, I thought played well. Ogba's sack numbers have not been what we'd hoped for. But again, the number of pa- sheer number of passes overall he's batted down this season, the fact that they always seem to be in a critical moment like they were today, are, are huge. He does tend to put pressure on the quarterback, even though he's not getting to pay dirt. It, just like Jalen Phillips is doing a lot that doesn't necessarily pack a stat sheet. It, Christian Wilkins' sack may or may not have been a sack if Mac Jones wasn't literally dodging the flying bullet that was Jalen Phillips on that play. Uh, Jalen Phillips came up with with a huge fumble recovery that probably helped seal the game for the Dolphins in this one, and and, and it was a really heads up play. So overall, for me, this D line was was a big part of limiting <laughs> the Patriots' running game. Other than Brandon Bolden, was ineffective overall today, and. Yeah, no, the the passing game, they were they were getting to Mac Jones and rattling him and you know, Ogba batted the pass. 
this defensive line played well today. I, I can give this D-line... I can give them a B-plus here. And, and they may have been above it if it wasn't for stellar play at all three levels today. I'm going to go with a B uh, on that. And yes, Jalen Phillips had a very important fumble recovery there. And I'm sorry if I keep looking over to the left, but it's, it was fourth and nine chargers down by three points in overtime. And he drilled the ball to Mike Williams for 30 yards. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a very petty person when it comes to uh, opposing quarterbacks. Uh, so, Linebacker, um, you know, uh, Jerome Baker, I thought had a great game as far as uh, I mean, I thought he was a major difference maker in coverage in this. I mean, peeling off everywhere in this game. I I, I was really impressed. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle had a sack and and a lot of pressures again. I will say that Landon Roberts, I I think, especially in run defense, has become a problem. you know, he's, he's always been a, a, a hit or miss problem. Yeah, he, he has. I mean, uh, one or two times a game, he he makes a he makes a key play. You know, stocks of you know third or fourth and one. But other than that, yeah, I, I'd love to get a three down middle linebacker in the NFL draft if that's the case. Someone like Nicobe Dean from Georgia, if he's available. I'm not sure if he's going to be though. Um, but it, Duke Riley got on the field too and played really well again. Um, so linebacker, I don't have a big problem with either. I mean, I, I'm going to go with a B plus for him. Yeah, I thought Andrew Van Ginkle was all over the field today. I thought he was terrorizing Mac Jones at times. He was huge in the run game. Uh, and Jerome Baker, I know they flip flopped him and Landon Roberts a little bit more today, where we saw Jerome Baker play a little bit on the outside instead of the inside, and I liked it. Uh, there was a lot to like there too. It, it's like you said, Landon Roberts is hit or miss. But again, you know, you look at this position. I think this is the one position on defense that Miami's going to look to upgrade this off season as far as the draft goes. I think we've got three or four linebackers under contract for next year, and that's very telling of what Miami's going to look to do this off season because. This defense in in the cover zero, if they're going to keep with it like they should, relies on athletic, intelligent linebackers. So, yeah, no, I I can give the linebacking core, I can give them a B plus as well today. I think it's it's probably Landon Roberts that brings this grade down because I really like the play of Baker, and I like the the love the play of Andrew Van Ginkle today. Uh, and before I bring up defensive back, I, I've got to ask you, um, as far as my curse with jerseys, this is my question to you. Um, does that apply to hoodies with uh, uh, jersey names on the back? Or is it only jerseys? Uh, or is or is basically anything that has a number and a name for the Dolphins that isn't a jersey form? Look, I'm going to say I don't want to see you, if your kid plays football in high school, I don't want to see you walking around with a shirt that says Catanzaro on it at his games, if it's got his number. Here's why I asked that, because uh, I um, my my wife's uh, co-worker 
saw an Xavier Howard uh, sweatshirt jersey on uh, <laughs> um, online and for five dollars, five dollars. And send, send me the link. I'll get it. I haven't cursed anybody. <laughs> and we bought it, but it was for my son, who is one years old. He's eighteen months old. I swear. And it's like a four. And it's like a four year old. So we're going to give it to him when he's about that age. And Xavier Howard. Oh, and no, oh, no, no. But here, here's. And I thought initially, I thought, no, no, we should not buy that. I, I initially told her no. But then I thought, maybe we have a chance to turn this Cat and Zara franchise around. And then Xavier Howard, we get that. And. He gets a pick six in the first couple of minutes in, in, into the game. So you what I think no moving forward, hold on. What I think moving forward is that my son should just buy jerseys and not me. Is that a fair compromise? I just like, this is like trying to live with the little girl from Poltergeist. It don't matter where it is, man. Like, I, I, I'm worried that your curse is genetic. I'm worried... <laughs> That no matter where you live, that that you're gonna be on top of some Indian burial ground. Just, just, oh man, this this scares me. With Miami supposed to 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 work with X on reworking his deal this off season, as promised. If if we lose Xavier Howard because of you, Cat, I am gonna be insufferable. He's gonna fall down the steps uh, somewhere, but uh, no, no, actually, no, I don't think that's gonna happen because. Uh, it's not me. It's my son now, who's uh, on the hook. I'm sorry for th- for this jersey. Did Did you name your son Catanzaro? Uh, his last name is Catanzaro. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unless he took Rachel's maiden name. No, you need to stop this sh- shenanigans. No, I, I I think we're turning it around because Xavier Howard had a pick six today in the first ten minutes of the game. And he had an incredible play on that. What was um, the last jersey you bought? Uh, Laramie Tunzel. And before that, Micah Fitzpatrick. And before that, Jonathan Martin. It, it, so the Laramie Tunzel one was after we knew about the curse. I spoke to your wife, and she even sent me an apology when you ordered it. And you said, oh, I think I think we're good with this one. I, I don't think this can fall back on us. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think so. I think I think we I think we're fine now. And so, just to test it, I'm going to buy my son a another jersey. Get him like a Ford shirt or something. No, no, because I think that's a train that's going downhill. Or get him a Mike we'll Sicky one. We'll see. Nah. So somebody that's promising, so we can start re- reversing this trend. Anyway, promising if they can figure it out with him. Xavier Howard gets his fifth interception of the season, second touchdown, Ugh. and Byron Jones all on the other side. Solid game. I mean, it, it it seems it seems like if you don't hear Byron Jones's name throughout the game. He does a great job, but with three minutes left in the game, he did have a pass interference penalty. It was a little bit ticky tacky, but probably deserved. Um, but other than that, pretty silent throughout the rest of the game, which is a good thing for Byron Jones because that means quarterbacks are not throwing his way. Um, 
So Javon Holland, not the best game from him that we've seen this year. Eric Rowe also had a pass interference call in the third quarter on a third and 12 play where it was a five yard, five yard pass from Mac Jones, a five yard pass. And he drew a pass interference penalty that got the Dolph that got the Patriots a first down. But I, I'm pointing out all the bad things when it, when it comes to the secondary, but the worst thing is Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones, I thought, had the worst game of the secondary. Uh, didn't cover enough ground on a long pass to, to uh, Hunter Henry for 36 yards, and he was out-muscled as well down the field by uh, Jacoby Myers later in the game. So, and yeah, he, I mean. He extended a drive by not being able to get off the field fast enough. That's right. That was the third thing. Yeah. He was the 12th man on that, too. So, yeah, I mean, but oh, uh, Mac Jones, 20 for 30, 260 yards, a touchdown and a pick. But a lot of that was after the Dolphins were up 17 to nothing and the Patriots were constantly trying to come back. So I'm going to give the defensive backs a B plus here. And a lot of that was after Eric Rowe left the game with an injury. So, yeah, but I, I can't give him a B plus. I've got to go with an A minus. After that pick six, after the way that overall, I thought they covered very well today. And, you know, if you look at that last play of the game when the Patriots went for the Miami Miracle, the linebackers and got, oh, Jesus Christ. I, oh, man, I forgot about the Sam McGuavin touchdown in the linebacker grade, but that's okay. I mean, the linebackers and the DBs had everything covered so well that the Patriots couldn't do anything um, on what. Dolphins fans and Patriots fans will vividly remember was an attempt to do what Miami did a few years ago so much better than they did and that's a scenario where Miami looked more prepared than a Bill Belichick coach team and Bill Belichick coach teams practice every scenario throughout the week so nothing is out of out of you know their purview as far as that goes so I can go with an A here for a a, a unit that basically jumped Miami out to a lead that they never surrendered yeah, um, and I'm I'm a little bit distracted because there's 30 sec 38 seconds left in overtime. The Chargers and Raiders are tied 32 to 32. If they tie, they both make the playoffs, and the Steelers are out. Incredible. There was talk before the game that if they were smart, both teams would kneel the entire game. Um, so come on, come on, Dan. Why I would worry about I would worry about the other team in the matchup a lot more than I'd worry about the Steelers in the playoffs. If the if if one of these teams win here, uh, the Steelers play the Chiefs next week in Kansas City. Um, special teams, Paul. I'm gonna uh, Pilardi, on that. Yeah, um, Mike Pilardi at a 62-yard punt that. A Pro Bowl special teamer, Gunnar Olszewski, did not field. Um, he also had a fake punt that he took when the Dolphins were up 14 to nothing, fell short. I, I don't know what the heck that was, and um, got a got a roughing uh, or, or got a shot to the head penalty. And at the end of the third quarter, when the Dolphins were up 24 to 10. Um, he, he cornered them back 
Uh, no, no, excuse me. At the end of the of the fourth quarter, which set up the Sam McGuivon touchdown, he cornered the bill or, or he cornered them back to the uh, three yard line. So great game from Pilardi. I would say a lot of it was pretty accidental, but don't. And then Jason Sanders finally kicks, drills a field goal, and it. It would have. It was a forty-nine yard field goal. Would have been good from probably sixty-five. Um, so nothing to c- complain about from the special teams unit here. I, I'm going to give him uh, an A minus on them. Yeah, Sanders went two for two. Didn't miss a field goal. Well, that would have been pretty critical in the closing moments and changed a lot of things if he had missed either one of those today. Pilardi straightened out his his holder issues. It looked like in this game. Uh, punted really well, put two inside the 20, averaged 52 yards per punt. And the only gripe I have about Pilardi today is on that slide, he got bailed out. Uh, if Even though there wasn't contact, the head was visibly lowered to, to initiate contact, uh, even though he slid underneath it. And really, he should have thrown the ball there, and it would have been the easiest first down on the planet instead of instead of having to worry about getting a penalty to move Miami forward. And the Chargers will not be in the playoffs. Oh, wow. The Raiders win 35 to 32 in overtime. Oh. Uh. Poor Justin Herbert. I saw a comment earlier in chat. By the way, I want to go back to that really quick before we do our player of the game and Coke Plus player of the game. They're like, oh, Justin Herbert completed four of ten, or completed two, uh, four fourth and ten uh, passes on uh, on that final drive. Dude, he let himself get to fourth and ten four times on that final drive. That's got to count for something. Yeah, I, I still maintain that Herbert is a better quarterback than Tua, by far. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, I think it should be fact at this point. But um, these games that I saw at Oregon is it brings back memories of of why I. I didn't like him in the first place, even though he's outperformed expectations because of what I've seen here, because the ball a lot of times is, is high and wide when it should be right on the target. I mean, anyway, uh, and big Ben's big Ben's in the playoffs. He's not done yet. Yeah, he's going to roll off the couch and he's going to, <laughs> Play the Kansas City Chiefs, the largest noodle arm in NFL history. In the first round, I want to see how far this goes with Ben Roethlisberger uh, (laughs) this year. Probably not very far. Chiefs are going to roll the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Paul, who is your player of the game? Who is your Coke Bus player of the game? Player of the game, easy. Xavier Howard, hundred percent. There were a lot of players to like in this game, but X put the Patriots in a hole early that they just couldn't climb out of no matter how hard they tried. And hopefully you didn't just curse him and make me just regret not like, or helping you with your internet this week. So you could, you could order it. Uh, just, uh, uh, uh. as far as my Coke bus player of the game, 
I think you said it well with Brandon Jones. He just <sighs> had a rough day today. But he's a player I'm very excited about for the future here, paired with Javon Holland in that backfield. Yeah, I'm going to go with my uh, my player of the game is going to be Jerome Baker. I mean, I, I thought he did a phenomenal job covering at the linebacker spot. He was all over the field. And I, I don't think this game would have gone the same way if he didn't play to the level that he played at. Um, my Coke, my Coke bus play of the game would have been Brandon Jones, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with somebody, but uh, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Austin Jackson. I mean, I know that's kind of low hanging fruit, but when you look at when the dolphins were up 17 to seven in the second quarter, he ruined a drive again with a false start and with a, a big miss block where, where Tua was uh, running for his life. So I just, I, I see the, you know, nastiness from Austin Jackson at the left guard spot, but I, he can't ruin if the dolphins have 10 drives in each game offensively, he can't ruin one or two of them. And he's continuing to do that. And that sucks to say, but Paul, we are now at the, at the off season. Wait, 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 one last thing before we go to off season mode. Can we give a co-player the game and we can each throw a half vote his way for Duke Johnson? Oh yeah. I should have picked Duke Johnson for my player of the game. It's it's let's he, this can be our one time this season that we're doing it. We're going with co-player of the game for Duke Johnson for both of us, correct? Even though I would have taken Baker over Johnson because of the importance of how, of how the defense played, yes, let's do it. All right. Sweet. And, and if you take what Duke Johnson has done over the last four games, um, I mean, 200-plus yard games over the last four. This guy wants to be a Miami Dolphin. He plays with that dedication. He can bring everything as far as as power, as far as receiving skills and bouncing into the outside, as well as as running the ball inside too. I hope at the very least he's the Dolphins running back number two next year. I think he will be. As as bad as he wants to be here, as evident as it is that he wants to be here, and based on his limited production that he's gotten the opportunity for this year. He should absolutely be brought back to compete next year. Absolutely. And we'll talk about the rest of the free agents and the draft class here in the offseason, and that's going to do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins' victory, 33-24 to over the Patriots. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the fan-sided network and the finfanatic.com website. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side.